You're tuned into the God Stories Radio Podcast. www.godstoriesradio.com. Welcome to God Stories Radio, Session 18. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And we're here with a wild bunch tonight. Yes, we are. This is kind of a special uh, GSR tonight, the late night edition. We're up late tonight. It's 9.30, and we're podcasting. We are. Because we've got Joe Burke in the house tonight. We have Joe and And, the uh, rest of the boys, too. The rest of the guys, and and, uh, good to have Dan with us tonight. And I'm not going to give away any of his testimony. You know, this guy... You know, he, he runs circles around me and trying to run him down. We finally ran him down, strapped him to the chair, and he's going to give his testimony tonight. That's great. Joe, how you doing tonight? hope he doesn't use his uh, hands and feet doing his talking. No, man. <laughs> no, none of that. I'm, uh, I'm too blessed to be stressed, brother. Uh, right on. I'm uh, doing very well and just really excited to be in the company of god stories and as you can tell we do travel in packs so i brought a posse with me so i got the whole guys hanging out with me here so uh but it's good to be here with you guys thank you so much for having me on hey you're welcome brother thank you for taking the time out to uh come by share your testimony almost sounded like we were wrapping it up didn't it (laughs) i'm just joking with you no but uh yeah um it's it's kind of complicated really where do i start with this because as you can tell, I'm not from Orlando, and I'm not from a metro area. I have an extremely thick, I want to say the term Appalachian accent. Uh, I don't know if you guys picked up on that or not. But what I planet do. is that? Uh, it's just past Nashville and up by, um, you know, uh, Castatula. So. <laughs> so if you know where that is. Castatula? Yes, sir. But uh, my redneck folks know where that is. I uh, My testimony starts basically with my mom and before i go into this um anything that i say that involves my parents i mean no disrespect to my mom and dad so i want to i want to say that first before i get into this because their actions and their determinations pretty much set the path for who i am and what i've become today amen and you know that's surrounded by godly men doing godly things but my mom um, come from a very large family. Uh, it was probably, I want to say, seven sisters and a brother. Uh, she had a large family. But my mom had something different, and she had a genetic defect. And she was a carrier of a gene called hemophilia. Now, do you guys know what hemophilia is? Any of you guys? Fritz might. Okay. Yeah, I do. That's okay. For sure. Well, for those who don't know, I'll give you the quick skinny. It's basically a genetic defect of the liver, and you don't produce a certain factor clotting protein that's needed to clot blood. The common misconception of that is that you bleed out extremely quick, and then, you know it's just like a gushing river. Uh, technically, no. It just means you have to apply pressure just a little bit longer and you have to, you know, 
it takes longer to heal up and stop bleeding. But my mom uh, had this had this thing and, and and got married and you know had me and and they didn't really understand the doctors at the time didn't understand the the severity of it and they had me and they just oh, it's just like you know diabetes you just give him a shot and he's okay you know you got to think 70s 80s that's kind of the mindset so i was raised in that home and thank god my mom and dad were christians raised in a christian home i mean i i'm so blessed to even have that foundation intact because i see so many people in their lives who don't even have that that they're they're struggling to crumble to try to fix the walls in their life like nehemiah did but having my parents and having that and then you know mom having me and having the genetic uh, hemophilia which passes down to the offspring i of course was born a hemophiliac now hemophiliacs have three different levels of severity according to their clotting i'm giving you a quick medical thing and then i'll get on into my test believe it or not i understand this completely because aubrey suffers from factor h which is the opposite yep of that i have factor eight so there's there's like very familiar with those liver factors brother okay go right ahead basically um to treat hemophilia uh, the severity levels are based on your treatment and how you are, how much less, well, not how much, how less of a factor clotting protein you have is how much the shot that you're provided. So, for example, the three levels of hemophiliacs are mild, moderate, and severe. I was born severe. Severe is less than 1% factor pro, uh, clotting protein of factor 8. Factor 8 is one of the main key binding things to produce a clot, a scab, you know. So if I nick myself right. shaving, i got to sit there and hold it for 20 minutes, whereas you guys, probably 30, 40 seconds, oh, it's, it's done. I can move on. Me, I, I have to, a small appreciation for that because I'm on Coumadin. I'm on uh, you know, blood thinner, warfarin. Oh, yeah? My heart valve. Yeah. So it's kind of similar that I have to... See, there's no way I could be put on that kind of stuff. Oh, if no. I was in a car wreck or something, any. or like aspirin, I can't even take aspirin oh, wow. because anything that thins the blood. But that you know, that's that's just the complications of the matter. Sure. But um, so th- there's the levels of hemophilia. It's got mild, moderate, and severe. I was born with severe, and um, basically, it's the worst one you can have. Being a severe hemophiliac growing up, you want to try and live a normal life. And my mom and dad done everything that they could to protect me so that I could have a normal life, but I was still under their wing and under their protection. So I wanted to play football. I wanted to play wiffle ball and badminton and soccer and baseball and kickball and be a normal kid. Yes, Ken, badminton. You take it for granted, boy. But mark my words, I want me some badminton. But anyway... I wanted to be normal, and basically what happened was I'd done that, and i damaged my body for life. I mean, you can look at my elbows, you can look at my knees and my joints, and you will see physical damage. That was caused as me being a teenager, wanting to live a normal life, and actually not sitting on the sidelines like I should be in protecting my body. But I wanted to be normal. I couldn't be normal. So as the injuries progressed, 
as I got older, the injuries started getting more no- noticeable, especially my right knee. And um, as I got into school, now you got to think. Let's let's pull it back for a minute before I go into school. I was I was raised in Appalachia. Okay, so mom was a homemaker. Dad was a coal miner, 30-some years in the coal mines, right in the foothills of the Appalachians, right in good old Whitesburg, Kentucky. I was raised in the 80s, so, you know, I love all those crazy retro things. But I was raised in this Christian home, and I had all this all this stuff that I had kind of in my backpack, so to speak, going in, in into my, my life as a, as a student. Going into school... I quickly noticed I was different around third grade. I noticed that there was something not quite right about me. I was out in the schoolyard playing with a bunch of kids, and that's when a buddy of mine had thrown a Frisbee. A Frisbee. It's a little plastic thing. It weighs like one ounce, okay? But it caught me right at the knee, on my right knee. Being stubborn as I was, I should have called my mom at that moment. But being a stubborn third grader, I sat and I suffered it. To the point that I was in the floor in my elementary school. And my teacher felt helpless because she had no idea on how to help me. Because I was too stubborn to call my mom. And what resulted is the knee that I have today. And through the rest of my life, I had this extremely noticeable limp. Of course, having this defect going in as a child, you're picked on. You are made all matter of fun of. <laughs> and I was the brunt of a mini. And I do mean a mini when I say this, and I, I'm, I'm trying to keep it together, but I don't like talking about that part. I was made fun of quite a bit. Oh, I can only imagine. I was, called, cool. I was called Bruise because I had bruising, because I was a hemophiliac, peg leg, cripple. I know, brother. But that was then. This is now. I was I was basically out, outcasted. I was segregated. And I had to figure out my place because of that. And having having hemophilia going into high school, it was just Oh, God, just let me get through it. I hated high school because I was picked on. I mean, I was a smart kid. I graduated valedictorian. That's not nothing within me, but I was the smart one. I was the cripple. You get it? You know, Mm -hmm. I was the nerd. But I was outcasted, and everybody knew it. But there there was this collection, God bless them, there was this small collection of people that saw me for who I was and I want to say small I'm talking like three people out of a whole high school that I could actually sit down and have lunch with and not feel persecuted by the jocks and the athletes and everybody else that was in the classroom I was thrown into lockers I was kicked in my bad leg I was slammed down on the asphalt my books were kicked down the hallway to where I would have to bend over and pick them up myself. And when I bend over and pick them up, they'd kick me in the butt and make me go head first in the 
concrete. So yeah, you know, I understand that, you know, there was a great deal there. And hiding this from my mom and dad, I, I went home at 3.30, the bell rang, I got home as quickly as I could and I went straight to my room. And I stayed there the whole night until the next day. And I become a shell. I start putting up walls around me immediately. All right, I don't want mom and dad to know about this because if they get involved, they're going to go to the school and they're going to make me look like a big coward. They're going to make things worse. So I went and I laid my head down on that pillow and I just cried every night. And I cried out to God that, you know, just get me through this. I didn't know how to pray. I was young. But I just wanted to get through it. And he caught me through it. And uh, going into college, um, at that age where you find, you know, you're wanting to date. And this is where I, the statement, whatever I say about my parents, I mean, no disrespect. My mom looked at me one day, and she said, and then this is not an exact quote, but this is a paraphrase. She said, son, why are you trying to go out and find girls? I was like, well, Mom, I, I, I want to be, be normal. I want to try to find, find someone to go hang out with, someone to take to a movie, someone to buy popcorn with, you know? Yeah, but you don't need to be doing that. You, you're different. You, you don't need to be dating because if they knew your situation and your condition, they wouldn't have anything with you. Wow. That was a big pillar to swallow from my mom. I understand where she come from in saying it, Sure. It's probably her way of protecting you. It was her uh, way of protecting you. At the time, I didn't get it. But now as a man, I do. I didn't take it the way I was supposed to have took it now as a man. I took it with bitterness. You weren't a man then. No, I was was very young and naive and stupid. So I went out and I'd done exactly the opposite of what I was told. The typical young 21, 22-year-old. I shuffled the scene quite a bit and there was a there was a kind of a factor that kind of played into that and this is where sadly to say church is kind of weirdly involved my mom and my dad were traveling gospel singers okay we would go and travel we would be in a different church every sunday sometimes different church two different churches on sunday morning and sunday night so we were called the singing burke family so we would travel and sing, and Dad would minister and evangelize. And doing that, and in that, you, you're on, we were on TV quite a bit, a television back home in Kentucky, a little television station, WLJC, out of Beattyville, Kentucky. We were there about every two or three weeks. So we, I became half of Kentucky from literally Louisville all the way over to the Virginia, knew my face. I couldn't even go into, like, a BP or a gas station while somebody went, oh, there's the Burke family. It was weird and awkward. <laughs> but in that come a sense of pride that, oh, I can get girls. Okay. You see where I'm going with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did get girls, and I did date, and I did relate. So, <laughs> shut up, John. This kinda, is my testimony. You did yours last week. Kind of signed your sin ticket, didn't they? Well, I mean, I mean, hey, if you're Joe being Burke, if you're hey. being transparent, you got to be transparent. It echoed still in the back of my mind about what my mom said. 
No one's going to have you. No one's going to love you. And no one's going to care for you. And when and I was like around 20 when she said that. Okay. So I got in the back of my head. And I got in a very dark spot in my life. Where I went away from church. I was basically a shell going and singing on the weekends. And really not just. I could care less if I was there. I was just doing it to appease my mom and dad. I knew that God had had more, and this is kind of the twist I want to take on it. I knew that God had had more in my life. God, it, it took me to realize it, but God had a path. And even though the window that I could see through was very narrow and very dim at the time, now as a man looking back, I'm like, whoa. This truly is amazing. And where I'm going with this is marriage. When I was around 20, I prayed a prayer on my bed. And I remember extremely, I mean, in detail. I mean, we were a little trailer back home in Kentucky. Uh, right on the side of the road, I knelt down on one knee. Uh, both knees, actually. And uh, I just poured my heart out for God. Mom and Dad, I went to bed. And I buried my face in the pillow. And I just sat there and I just was just exalting God and I was like I know there has to be more in this situation I know my heart yearns to have that that normal life where I can be loved and I can love someone I can have a home I can have a family I can have a car I can do everything I Lord just please I, I'm not much I can't do much but through you I can do everything and when I said that, I really meant it. And I was like 20 years old. A long time after that, let's fast forward from probably 1999 all the way up to 2008. A lot of crappy relationships in between there. I was with a girl for about six years, engaged to her. Six years of my life wasted, pretty much that thought in the back of my head always echoed there more there's there just there has to be more then i started this group around 2001 which was um, basically a fan club for the blue man group i don't know if you guys know who the theatrical company of the blue man group is mm -hmm. but i started a club through those guys and uh, it's still active today it's bluemanfans.com i started that group around 2001 and little did I know that group would ultimately change my life forever through God. Started the group in 2001, and we started doing these annual events where everybody would fly in from all around the world to one city at one night and see a show together. We called it a fan meet. Fans getting together, meeting for the first or multiple times, having a dinner and enjoying each other's company. Good, wholesome, clean fun. Fast forward many years later through that whole cycle to 2008. Orlando Venue had just opened up. Universal Studio. Universal City Walk, Universal Studios. Here I was. I was like, man, I'd really like to get down there, but I just don't have any money. I don't know if I can make it to, to Orlando and do one of these meets. And a buddy of mine, his name was Mike Ippolito, and he's still one of my best friends today. He's actually the best man in my wedding. Yes, I did get married. 
he visited me in Kentucky on a random Friday. And he had been, I used to be a radio disc jockey for 10 years uh, on WMMT, Whitesburg. And I used to do rock. And he visited Not me. Not surprising. Well, he visited me. He's like, man, I know you, we've never met face to face, but you, your voice through the radio, and he's from Atlanta, so he listened online, has helped me through some hard times. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? He was like, my father just died of cancer terminal cancer your voice your funny character and your mannerisms brought me th- so much light in such a dark time and I, as a re- as kind of not a reward but as a as something in return i want to give you this and he handed me this white envelope i didn't really know what it was he says don't open it until i get gone i was like okay i'll do that so he left and i never did see him during that whole time and I opened up the envelope and in it was two tickets prepaid for Blue Man Group at Universal Studios Orlando <laughs> and I'm like what? Now did this gentleman have knowledge before uh, that that you were involved with Blue oh, Man? Oh he was part did... of my community Oh okay. Yeah. yeah. So he was part of my Blue Man fans community. But he didn't know of the need at that time. He had no idea Okay. So this this is building up so that was 2008, probably March or February. And so I was like, well, you know, I got two tickets. I was like, Dad, you want to go in half on the airfare and maybe go down and have some? I've never been to Florida. I'd love to go. He's like, absolutely. Let's go. So we went. I organized this huge meet, one of the biggest ones I've ever had. It was over 100 people, everybody from Sweden to Germany to, to Canada come to Orlando for this one night this one show together and there was this girl there and her name was Alexandra she had just gotten over a rocky relationship and I had just gotten over a rocky relationship six that six year one that I was talking about two months prior mind you we met and it was literally when I hugged her for the first time and I saw her face to face God spoke to me and he said this is the one you're going to marry at that, at that moment, and I got tears <laughs> as I'm saying this. Did you, did you get the go- <laughs> um, At that moment, I had never heard the voice of God more clear in my life. Because I had went through hell my whole life. I wasn't normal. I had a Savior who was there with me. Amen. And... You still ain't normal. Oh, shut up, John. But um, knew it was going to take a special gal. Um, <laughs> that's when me and Alex we started dating, and, and she was in Fort Myers, Florida. I was in Southeast Kentucky. We were twelve hundred miles apart, but we made it work somehow. I don't know where we asked this question to ourselves to this day, me and Alex. Where did this money come from for our airfare? And we had no idea because, I mean, for some reason, everything was paid for. And I was like, well, I had money. And so did she. But we had crappy jobs. We couldn't afford, like, you know, $500 to hop on a jet down to southwest Florida for four or five days and hang out with the family. Couldn't do it. But somehow God provided that money and allowed us to, to not only bond but to grow and understand each other more. And that's when I proposed to her. Shortly right after that, we got married. 
and our wedding date was on 10 10 10 and mike the buddy that gave me the tickets was the best man at my wedding and that was the point where i realized that god is more and there's if god sustained me over my life and there's a lot of my story that i've kind of left out for a purpose because i want to focus on one thing god has molded me and shaped me into someone now that i dreamed of being as a young man and that is a disciple so firm and so rooted in the in the gospel and in the word and in the doctrine and just you know a man that is that is accountable that is transparent what you see is what you get joe burke there's no masks there no there's no facade it took me so long to realize that and then 2010 i had that that light bulb moment where i was like alex let's go to let's let's i'm, I'm she used a catholic i was a baptist i was like well let's start going to church and we both got baptized at the same time just like three months later now we're now we're we're in it and i'm starting to understand that god's got a bigger calling for me there's more to be had and we had this crappy apartment down on lake buena vista here in orlando yes we moved to orlando and uh finally after you know 27 years living with mom and dad you know god god made a way for me to get down here we moved out here to claremont that was another god thing we we basically purchased the house through the internet i never even met my my realtor or my mortgage officer man what a blessing i never <laughs> it was it was the weirdest thing because i the house the house that we live in praise god this is god not nothing within me the house that we lived in was basically it was a, it was one of those open door moments where if you don't walk in it's mm-hmm. you're going to feel those mm-hmm. consequences yep so we walked in know about those and, don't you mikey uh, oh yeah then we found real life coming to real life is just like an explosion going off in your head because it's just opened so many doors for me to use my talents as a nerd as as a photoshop guy as a video guy as a as 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 an audio editor a video editor whatever to be able to use those talents for his glory amen so in retrospect looking back i can see god's hand all over my life i mean it's i mean if you it's just so amazing because there was points in my life where i should not be basically the doctors told my mom and dad because of my blood disease i would not live past my 18th birthday i did want to ask you about the statement that your mom made Mm -hmm. do you think that was looking back at that 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 could have been a catalyst that the lord provided at the time to spur you on possibly to make, to make you just say well i'm going to show her yeah so that you wouldn't quit you wouldn't get well, discouraged absolutely i mean it, i don't know exactly what kind of fire it was deep down that fueled that a lot of it was was me within me myself and i me myself and i i wanted to prove her wrong and i did about five or six times <laughs> but the fact of the matter is you know if mom hadn't said that would i have been a different person today by not pursuing that desire to push the envelope do you think you would have had that desire 
to push the envelope had she not kind of cattle prodigy so to speak that's one of those instances where it just has to be god well that's what i was because thinking. you know you know god uses a lot of people for a lot of reasons in a lot of ways they may not know it they may be the vessel of the message and it might be a bad message you not want to hear sure but it's meant with love right exactly so i think in that essence mom had used i mean god had used my mother to deliver a message that i probably needed to hear to fuel me to get me motivated enough to go out and seek more to find more and to get out of my comfort zone and to get out of the four walls of my bedroom that was my prison because that's basically the way it was Mm -hmm. there's not much to do back home in kentucky where i'm from you either flip hamburgers you're in the coal mines or you make methamphetamines that's it i'm serious the reality of the situation is there's not a lot of hope and I don't mean this in any disrespect by my friends back home in Kentucky by saying that. They know it's the truth as well. So most people that are my age usually will graduate out of college and move out of that area to more of a metro area, like a Lexington, Louisville, Frankfurt area, Cincinnati. You know what I'm saying? God did work in that situation. God provided a message through my mom that I needed to hear to get my butt out of my seat and do something about my life. And through that, Blue Man Group Fans was formed, and I got to go to Vegas, Chicago, New York, Dallas, Denver, D.C., all over this great nation with the company as an employee. Had not mom had motivated me in that way, I don't know if I would have taken those steps. That's kind of what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. Bueller? Can I say something uh, really quick? I just want to clarify that I have never and will never play badminton. <laughs> just so that's clear. Just saying, huh? Nor have I had a desire to ever play badminton. <laughs> and I thank God for that. <laughs> but you'd be a badminton, brother. <laughs> you'd... You'd be my first choice on my fantasy badminton team, that's hey, for sure. Let me tell you, let me say something, Ken. When you're back home in Kentucky, you find a lot to do with your spare time, Amen, brother. brother. I'm from if Tennessee. It's, We're if neighbors. it's if it's badminton, <laughs> it's, bad. it's so mitten, man. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot more to my story. I, I I could I could go along for, uh, for a while, but if anybody out there that's listening to this wants to know more, you can please reach out to uh, Fritz or, or Mike here. And I'll be happy to go in more depth about that. I want to focus more on who I am now and where God has brought me. Because we all has we all have a scarred past. We all have crap mm-hmm. sure. back there. Absolutely. We got damage. Yep. Okay? Mm-hmm. But it's, it's what we do with that damage now that determines the kind of man that we grow up to be. The kind of disciple that we are. The kind of light that we project for Christ. You know, are you lukewarm or what are you doing here? To follow along with that, I wake up every morning and I read one verse and I just, I soak it in every morning. And, and the guys at war know this verse. It's Ephesians 6.13. Put on the, the full, full armor of God. Mm-hmm. I read that every morning. Because when I wake up, I got to be battle hardened. I got to be ready. Because of men of war... We have to be 
so conscious for an attack because we are on the other side of the fence. We're on the side for the good good team. We're not back in the world with the bad guys no more. We're on the other side fighting the good fight. And the devil hates it. Hates it. Hates what we're doing. And I'll just share this real quick. Even before I came here, I just got this stomach sickness in my... I was like, what is the world? I just had dinner. I'm, You know, why am I stomach sick? Why, am I, why does it feel like my sugar is dropping? And I don't even have diabetes. And I had to go get a soda or something. But the fact of the matter is that Satan attacks us right at our core to try to get us to not do what we're supposed to be doing. And it's up to us to where we have to say, get behind me, Satan. This is God's kingdom. This is his glory. That's where I'm at. That's who I've become. These guys are my iron sharpening iron counterparts. You guys are as well. It's just been an amazing journey and a transition for me to prove against all odds, against even death. There's been a couple instances where I've been near death. I've had two near-death experiences. There's... Even through all of that, God still had this amazing plan for me to be a leader, to step up, to be someone in the church, to be someone in the community. Man, I have nothing else. This is God. Your journey only has yet to begin. Well, it says in the Bible, if you follow him, you'll lengthen your days. I choose to follow him. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen I choose to get nourishment to the bones. If there's anybody out there by chance that suffers from hemophilia and has questions for Joe, drop us a line at GodStoriesRadio at Gmail, and we'd be glad to get it to him, and you can contact Joe directly and discuss that. We will, we'll get any questions to him. And I just want to say right quick, I'm, I'm so blessed, and I'm so thankful to have these guys right here literally inches away from me. Amen. I mean, we travel in packs, and, and this is just like... Having these guys here, I can feel their prayers. I can feel their motivation. I can feel their encouragement. I can feel yours. And it's just, it's so, I'm so blessed to have my my, my, my friends of war, my warriors beside me as I'm doing this. Because alone, I don't know if I would be as dominant. But together, I can accomplish so much more and do more. Amen. Well, we've got the... The fourth member of Men at War in tonight, Dan. Dan, how you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. Welcome to God Stories Radio, my friend. Thanks. How's your week been? The week overall has been all right. You know, last week, Thursday, there was some stuff, but, uh, you know, I, God got me through it. And thank, Amen. thank God for, uh, for uh, you know, Christian brothers and then Christian coworkers that, uh, you know, have wisdom to share uh, the, uh, in order to, to lean on it and, and get strength. Amen. Great. Well, we kind of know what, what everybody does, but if you don't mind me asking, what is your contribution to uh, Men at War? <laughs> Let's see. Uh, it's it's a little more subtle. Uh, not not as direct. Uh, uh, you know, John... John He's sends. a water boy. <laughs> is yeah. there anything subtle with John Durham and uh, well, I mean we you know he he leads a lot in uh, and uh, you know we he he tries to make sure that we have a decent structure and then and um you know we each provide ideas but 
Ken comes up with these amazing ideas that we kind of run with and then Joe of course does a lot of our media and uh, our, our graphics and uh, so you're a big part of the think tank process uh. Well, he's he was he's actually um, also very organized. Yeah, he's he's very organized, very structured. He's he's all about a lot of our scheduling that we put together. Daniel's kind of in, uh, involved in that because that's just how he lives his life. He lives his life by a schedule. Uh, he's very in tune with that, so he helps us out in that area. Not to mention, he's actually Joe's counterpart as far as the media and that goes. So, because there are going to be okay. segments of war that Joe is going to be up on the stage and talking and delivering messages, and so therefore. Daniel will be running all the all the computers and all, all the graphics and all that. Oh, fantastic! Right. As, as far as my bigger involvement, it is to come. Um, but yeah, as far as a lot of our material, I get a lot of the statistics. Um, sometimes with verses, things that that just take a little more time when it comes to the the content kind of task to help out with that. He's That's our deep thinker. Man, I I thank God for people like him because I am not that guy. Hey, can I say something real quick? Because I want I think it's really when a man gets in here and he talks about his life and gives his story. Sometimes he he only gets to see a glimpse of that through his own eyes. And I just wanted to share real quick. You know, when I look at Joe and, and where he was when I first met him and where he is today, I just want to take a moment and just kind of share what I see in him because I see a great deal of strength, I see a great deal of passion, and I see a great deal of uh, love. And Joe's one of them guys that when he puts himself into it, he puts all of himself into it. And I've said it before when we were here. You know, Joe's put a face to war for us. He's ultra talented in areas when it comes to media and, and advertising and blogging and you know Facebook and all those things. But strip away all that talent, the man that he is is what's most important to me and to oh, the in this group. And uh, to watch how he's progressed, uh, we've talked about real men here before. Uh, Joe is leads a, 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 a small group for real men now. He's a leader in real men. Uh, he helps out at at real men with doing the sound, all the audio, and all the visual for real men as well. And God's just using him. And and, and it, it just amazes me when I hear his story. At one point in his life, uh, he 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 felt fragile. He felt alone. He you know he felt different. And now God's using him to lead men. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, I mean, yeah, to, to take, you know, he used the term, he was a shell. But what God has done with that shell, it's just unbelievable. And, I, it, and, it, and he displays a great deal of strength. And I don't think sometimes he gives himself enough credit when it comes to that, the amount of strength that he exuberates. And not in himself, but in Christ. And that's what's, that's what's most important, I know, to me and the men that interact with him. And, and just, I'm very proud of who he's becoming. And I'm very excited about the man that he's going to actually even become more of and what God's going to do through him and in him and with just the guys, the rest of the group. And it's just it's just a blessing and, an, and, an, and it's a privilege and an honor to be able to call him not only my brother in Christ but my, uh, my confidant in battle. When I look over my shoulder, I know he's there and I know his sword's ready, and that's important. So that's I right. just want to kind of share that. And he also designed uh, God Stories Radio uh, graphics. Yes, he as well. did. I was. You beat me to it, brother. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. God Stories Radio logo. God Stories Radio. Yeah. I want to leave on one quick thought, man. I Go want right to just say that you know we are all victims, and we all have scars. We all have battle damage. But at the end of the day, it's all ultimately we have free will and we have a choice, and it's up to us whether we want to choose to serve Him or cater to the world. 
you ha- it's black and white. There is no in between. You're either lukewarm or you're not. You're either hot or you're not. Where you at? Where do you stand? And I'm challenged so much. Out, brother. <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I don't want to be spewed out. Or as the Bible says, spat out or yep. whatever. Vomited, yeah. Even I mean, even the Greek revelation, uh, the Greek definition of that is. Uh, but I challenge anybody out there that listens to this. There is more. God has already chosen your path. It's up to you whether you want to adhere to it or not. You're over here trying to trying to get over here to this one spot, but you're stuck here in neutral. And you can easily get out of that. That's just Satan holding you down. You can do it. Through Christ you can do it. I believe you can do it. I did it. There's no excuse that you can't do it. Amen. Amen. I feel encouraged. <laughs> All right. I feel like I heard a testimony. How about you, Mikey? Oh yeah. That is amazing. We've heard from all the guys tonight. That's Mr. McDermott, you got anything got anything else to no, add? He doesn't want to play badminton. I want, yeah, I don't want to do that. No badminton. <laughs> I was you know, I was gonna say, and we were talking about this before we came on air. If you're out there and you're listening to this from a place of persecution, whether that's a place where you're not free to worship or a place where the people around you persecute you for worshiping. You can know that the men in this room pray for you constantly and are inspired by the fact that you continue to worship God in very difficult circumstances because that is real faith. Amen. I don't know why you put that on me, but there it is. Amen. 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 Amen wow. Really? That was session <laughs> <What>? 18. <laughs> session 18. That was fantastic. Again, uh, any questions that you may have for Joe or, or me or Mike, drop us a line, godstoriesradio at gmail.com, godstoriesradio.com, the blog. Right. Um, and we'll get right back to you. We'll also uh, put you in touch with Joe. With any questions, anything you'd like to ask him? There I'm was another. Huh? There was a new, uh, a new uh, country that oh, yeah? uh, tapped into uh, God Stories Radio. I don't know of this. It was Italy. Buongiorno. <laughs> I know you could speak it. All right. Fantastic. Well, to any Italians out there that are listening, drop us a line: God Stories Radio at gmail.com and welcome. So that's it for session eighteen. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. God bless. God bless.